BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of We Met at Acme was brought to you by Ritual. To check out Ritual, go to ritual.com slash acme now and order your incredible vitamins. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Josh from Buck Mason. What's going on? Okay, cool. What's up, Josh? I'm so happy that you're here. Um, It's so nice to talk to a guy. I feel like the last couple weeks we've been chatting with women, which I absolutely love. It's always nice to get a few different opinions, you know? Yeah, I gotta say, uh, as an avid listener of this podcast, it's nice to get some guys in every now and then. Totally. So let's chat. How old are you and where are you from? So I just turned 30 years old this year. Congrats. Uh, Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. milestone. A big milestone. I don't feel any different, mm-hmm. um, but everybody does say that this is, you know, right. the next big chapter in your life. Sure is. And I grew up in New York, mm-hmm. and I've lived between New York and Los Angeles for the past 30 years. Cool. Where in New York did you grow up? Comac, Long Island. Yeah, I know Comac. Yeah. I think, did I tell you this when we first met, that my aunt lived in Comac? I don't know, actually. Yeah, she does. So, and I always pass it on the way out east, which yeah. is on, great. On the good Very convenient. Long Island Expressway. On the good LIE. <laughs> so, you just turned 30. Your birthday was in August. It was, yes. August, August 13th. August 13th, making you a Leo. Yes. And what is your current... Oh, wait. First, let's start. What's Buck Mason? So, everyone knows. Or maybe they've seen it on their Instagram with the targeted ads. They probably have seen it on mm-hmm. their Instagram. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> um, so, I run the digital team at Buck Mason. We're cool. a uh, menswear brand based out of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We design modern American classics. So, mm-hmm. t-shirts, jeans, uh, button-downs, clothing that... Uh, feels rooted in Americana. Mm-hmm. So you see the JFKs, the Steve McQueens, right. the Paul Newmans of the world wearing uh, items like this that'll be timeless, right? The idea Love is it. basically yeah. to be um, fashionable today and in 30 years ago, today and 30 years from now. I love it. So, what is your current relationship status, Josh? So, I am. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. Wow, how do I say that? Uh, why don't you ask again? Okay, so what's your current relationship status? So I live with my girlfriend. Okay. We've lived together uh, for a few years now. We've been Love dating it. for a little over three years. Great. And is your girlfriend also 30? She, Stephanie, mm-hmm. is her name. She is uh, 28. Okay, perfect age, guys. You, you did it well. I think so. Yeah, and so... I've done a little stalking of your Instagram and checked out Stephanie. She's obviously gorgeous. How did you guys meet and um, how did you know you wanted to lock it down? I'm a very lucky guy, I will say, uh, and I appreciate that. So we met out in Montauk Mm -hmm. uh, three years ago Mm -hmm. at Surf Lodge, as people tend to do. Standard. Um, But how were you not too drunk to talk to each other? (laughs) It was early enough in the night. Okay. where we locked eyes and, mm-hmm. and I uh, asked her to dance, which seems like such a cliche, uh, but we danced on the deck. Yeah, I was going to say, how does one really dance at Surf Lodge? It, it's rare. You, like you gotta... a grind or like a slow dance? 
to be honest, and this is embarrassing, and she'll be embarrassed for me to say this, but like a full seventh grade dance. That is hilarious. Hands on the shoulders and the hips. That's so funny. Yeah. That's really cute. And then kind of like the rest was history. Yeah. I, uh, we had a great time together. I asked her out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fell for each other pretty fast. I, mm-hmm. I, I remember us holding hands on the train ride home from that weekend and our friends just wanting to, you know, vomit in our faces, of course. (laughs) Uh, But then, yeah, our first date was that Tuesday and the rest is history. That's really cute. And um, what is her sign? When is her birthday? Good question. July 11th. Okay, so she's a Cancer. So she's very sweet. She's very sweet. Yeah, very sweet. And that's that's a good match for you. So... um, so you said it moved quickly. Did, did I? Did you say that, or did I make that up? <laughs> I did say that. Okay. Uh, so what does that mean? Like that you had met your each other's parents fast. That you kind of said I love you quickly. What about it was quick? Do you think? You know, it's funny. You funny you asked that because it was. I say it moved quickly in hindsight, but at the time, I mean, we moved rather slowly as far mm-hmm. as. You know, we dated, we went on many dates, right, right. before really, uh, I think we both knew early on that this person was everything we wanted, mm-hmm. and so we were independently exclusive. Right. Uh, without having the discussion. Without having the discussion for yeah, a long time. that's when it's the best. Like, that's yeah. when you, it's good, when you just, like, decide, like, yeah, no, I don't really feel like hooking up with other people. It's right. Like, not like a It just came thing. so natural. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever even had that discussion right. just after months and months of seeing each other every chance we could get. Mm-hmm. It just evolves to that. Yeah. That's when it's good. That's when it's like, that's how it should happen. And all these girls, they, they'll, and like, and guys will DM me and they'll be like, you know, how do I define the relationship? When can I define it? And I just feel like if you're already asking those questions, it's not great, you know? Well, what happens if the person on the other side wants you to define it? Then I feel like it's not meant to be. Sure. Because I don't... Is that is that wrong to say? I mean, I listen, I think that there are some people that do need a gentle push. Right. But I think that if you both have strong feelings, like, it just kind of naturally goes in the way, in the place that you want it to go, and you don't need to rush to define it. Right. No, I definitely think there's, you know, there are those social standards that right. people want to be considered in a relationship right. this is my girlfriend my boyfriend right it's all about the social about like what people think I feel the labels like. right yeah. it's the it's the age-old tale of mm-hmm. you know labeling right it's like well how long have you guys been hooking up now and if it's like a right. few months you're like well why is that your boyfriend right yeah yeah it's interesting i don't know i think as you get older too there's less pressure to mm-hmm. put a label on it agreed yeah, agreed. And just, like, no rush to put a label on it because it's, right. like, more real and more serious, you know? I feel like when you're, like, 22, it's like, is he my boyfriend? Because, like, <laughs> you just want one, you know? You don't know that it's, like, could be the last boyfriend you ever have. Right, and you also are trying to understand what that means. Right. The concept of a boyfriend mm-hmm. or a girlfriend. So I think, you know, as you start to get older let's say 25 right. and, mm-hmm. and really establish who you are as a person mm-hmm. and as an adult I think that there's less pressure Agreed. Uh, to add that to part of the equation yeah I agree and so you guys now have been dating for did you say three years so how do you make it like how do you keep it keep it hot do you still <laughs> go on dates with each other do you make it a point do you have like a date night or do you find that like it's just effortless and just continues, you know? It's a good question. I would say I wouldn't consider myself a romantic mm-hmm. by any means, but I enjoy romantic gestures because mm-hmm. they because she appreciates them. I think right. appreciation is probably the uh, the key word here. Yeah. She I, I bring home flowers, we go on dates, mm-hmm. all see something really interesting at a store and I'll pick it up for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's cute. Those are the little things that, like, they're so appreciated and they Mm -hmm. go such a long way. Right. And it's so simple. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that's, I don't know if that would directly translate to... That definitely does. I actually had a a woman ask me on DM recently, if a guy, can a fuck boy get you flowers? (laughs) Meaning like, if a guy gets you flowers, is he automatically not a fuck boy? Or is it possible that a fuck boy could also get flowers? Like, would you ever get flowers for someone that you didn't really feel serious about? I would say a fuck boy can... A guy, just because he gives a girl flowers, doesn't make him automatically a gentleman. Right. Um, but at the, in the same, right, like, I've never personally gotten flowers from somebody who was a fuck boy. You know what I right. mean? Like, it's always, like, a boyfriend type. I think you're probably more likely not to get flowers from a guy that shouldn't be your boyfriend. Right. Than you are uh, right. a guy that should but be that your boyfriend. But that it doesn't directly guy. translate exactly. to that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, oh, so this has actually been on my mind forever and I've never asked on the podcast. Like I've asked some guy friends here and there, but I'm so curious what you think. Um, do you, and then like guys in general care about leg hair on women? Um, it's a funny question. Would you say so specifically leg hair? Yeah. I would say, I can only speak for myself, but it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think shaving your legs or let's say below the waist right. is more most closely related with being feminine mm-hmm. um, in our current culture. And I think right. that you know having clean, uh, soft legs is is probably. Uh, you know, it's it's more feminine than anything else. Right. But I don't necessarily think that. Yeah. You know, you go a few weeks or. What if your legs long. are hairy but still soft? <laughs> it wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm asking because if you were a woman, you'd be surprised as to how often this is maintained. Like a lot of women will shave their legs every day, or like you know every other day. And I noticed that like a few, a couple of years back. And so I just, I stopped shaving my legs. Like, you know, I, I do it more like once a month or like, you know, every so often. And I found that guys do not even flinch. Like they don't notice in any, right. what, in any way. And then I'm like, why are girls going through all this trouble? The best parable is where women will not want to wear the same dress. Right to multiple weddings. Right. It's not for men, it's for women because the right. women know this. Right. And so I think more so women true. are shaving their legs because they don't want to be judged by their other That's female so friends. That's so true actually. And Instagram fucking ruined that because if you wear something once on Instagram and you wear it again and you're in another post, like everyone calls you out, I feel like, but guys it don't is notice. Concrete is yeah. there forever. Yeah. It's funny. I was I was in London this past weekend with my boyfriend and I was shopping with him for like the first time and I tried on a pair of jeans, a pair of blue jeans and a pair of white jeans and he said, and after me trying both of them on, he said, you have those to both of them. (laughs) And I was like, like, I can't even explain to you how much I don't have those, you know, but I have a pair of blue jeans and I have a pair of white jeans. So to him, it's all the same. You know? See, for me, because I, I work in the fashion right, industry, right. it's the exact opposite. Right. You notice the little details. And Stephanie has to say to me, you already have white shoes. Right. Or loafers or right. jeans. That, right. And they're so different. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. So would you say that you're like more into shopping and fashion than she is? Judging by how many packages arrive at our apartment, <laughs> I'll say... Uh, She's equally as in, into shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're at a place in both of our lives where we care most about qu- quality versus quantity. Yeah. And so shopping less, but focusing more on better, better uh, individual stuff. pieces. Yeah, I love that. And what would you describe your style as? Good question. Uh, so if you have Malibu on one end of the spectrum where Mm -hmm. it's neutral colors, almost looking homeless, right? Right. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. You walk out uh, onto the beach in what you wear 
you walk out onto the beach in a t-shirt and shorts and you wear it all day mm-hmm. and you wear it into the night and then on the other end of the spectrum you have let's say fully put together maybe your new york style not mm-hmm. high fashion but mm-hmm. um everything is is there's no spared attention to detail right I would say I'm probably, if that's a 1 and a 10, I'm probably at a 4, mm-hmm. where I choose comfort right. over style, mm-hmm. but everything that I wear is thought, mm-hmm. thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Would you, do you think that being metro is still a thing? Like, that used to be so, such a big word. Like that was It was such a around. buzzword yeah. for a while. I think it's evolved. Mm-hmm. I think right now, men especially are more conscious of grooming without being over-groomed. When Metro was a thing, eyebrows were perfectly waxed and hair was perfectly coiffed. And um, that's also probably the only time you'll ever hear me say the word coiffed. But now I think. I don't think, think I've ever said that word. <laughs> say it. It feels great. Coiffed. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel good. <laughs> Are you? Do you wax your eyebrows? No, or nothing. Do you pluck them? How do you not have anything in between? Genetics, mostly. No, really. I swear. Really, you swear. Yeah. Nothing has ever grown in between your eyebrows. No. But like, even women have things that, like, tiny little hairs in between. I mean, you could see from my face. Yeah. I have hair. Yeah, right. I I grow a beard. Yeah, I can shave. I get a five yeah. o'clock shadow at five o'clock. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but the eyebrows have always been. It's funny wow, because ten years yeah. ago I would have told you I have the worst. Eye, you know, right. big, thick eyebrows. Right, was but eyebrows terrible. are so in now. It's crazy. Yeah, I've slowly been seeding society with the ideas that big eyebrows are in, uh, <laughs> and, and now it's it finally come. Up. Yeah, it's finally it. come to fruition. I love it. Yeah, I feel bad for, like, the Christina Aguilera's of the world who, like, are penciling in their eyebrows right. now because they're kind of fucked. But, um, <laughs> well, she had her time in the sun. She did have her time. She really killed it. <laughs> she really did. So, on the same topic, would you rather, and, like, you know, let's say you were single and just, t- like, taking your girlfriend out of this, just girls in general, would you rather a woman who, like, you know wears really designer labels and like it's it's kind of obvious um or a woman who almost like does the homeless look but like isn't, <laughs> how homeless isn't homeless like new homeless like yeah yeah like, like this you can tell it's her first week of being homeless she's new to it her clothes are still yeah well intact. no but it could be like she's like she literally could be like a few months homeless but like her dad is like an investment banker. You know what I mean? So like it's not like it's not a reflection of like how she actually is, but more so like just just based on looks, like which look are you are you leaning towards? I would say for me what's most attractive is being comfortable with oneself. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna say that's a, that was a trick question. Because both are <laughs> terrible. Both are terrible, right. yeah. I think both of those ends of the spectrum, you know, require effort. And I right. think effortless mm-hmm. is probably what's most attractive. I agree. Let's talk about cooking for our partners. Is is it something that you do? Do you guys switch off? Or, you know, because you're, you're living in New York now. And it's hard to find space. Like, I personally don't have a, a dining table, so it makes it hard for me to All cook. the cliches in New York are yeah. true. You have a small kitchen. Mm-hmm. You rarely have a dining table or right. a space where you can congregate. Um, groceries are really hard, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a car. Right. You have to carry, um, you know, multiple bags on a subway or walk through, you know, either really blazing hot or freezing cold streets. It's tough to cook. Yeah. Stephanie and I are both Italian, so mm. she loves to cook. Mm. Uh, I love to cook, although I'm not great at it. Mm. My brother's actually a chef. Oh, so amazing. Juxtaposed to him, I'm. Incredible. Is uh, he single and older? I'll he set him up with is younger and not single. He's oh, been taken. It's too bad. It is too bad. He, he's quite the catch. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. Hey guys, do you take your vitamins? I didn't for a while and honestly I just didn't realize that it just wasn't good for me and it isn't good for me I've been getting I was sicker this year than I ever have been and I realized in my 20s 
you just, you can't fuck around. You need to take vitamins. So I'm so, so lucky that I found Ritual Vitamins. You've probably heard of it. It's a gorgeous, beautiful yellow bottle with these amazing, like transparent pills that you can see through. So there's nothing that they're hiding. Um, And they taste great, like the aftertaste. It's minty and fresh. And they do really good things for you. You know, like I'm on my second month, but apparently by the third month, you know, you're resolving your nutrient stuff and maintaining energy and your blood and organ health gets better by the sixth month, like your bone integrity, you age better from this. There's literally no negative aspect to taking vitamins. I mean, everyone knows that. It's just the idea of remembering to take them. But it's easy to remember to take Ritual because they taste great, as I said. And, you know, they make you happy that you're already making one healthy choice a day by just taking your vitamins, you know? So that's amazing. It's a subscription-based situation. So you don't even have to leave your apartment or your house or your home, whatever it is, you don't have to leave. You can just subscribe for $30 a month. You get these incredible, you know, vitamins that have all the nutrients you could ever need. They have omega-3s that you really need. You're filling all the gaps in your diet by just taking two ritual pills. It's incredible. You go to ritual.com slash acme. So that's, again, ritual.com slash acme to sign up. Because 95% of women don't even get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So, you know, this is why Ritual created this vitamin. It has nine essential ingredients that we all lack and we really need. So, you know, if you're smart, go to ritual.com slash Acme and hope you enjoy the episode. So, do you do you play any sports? I used to play lacrosse mm-hmm. growing up as many guys from Long Island tend to do. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm really into golf. Okay. Love it. Do you... I used to... But honestly, like, I, I do love the idea of golf. But I feel like a lot of guys who play golf, like, do it to get away from, like, their wives. Because it's it a long thing. It is true that you know? the cliche is, mm-hmm. is to get away from the wives. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few sports that seems to have evolved less. Right. Um, even the fact that there's the shorter tees at the tee box are right. still called women's tees. Right. To me, it, it's such a uh, archaic mm-hmm. concept. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, there's probably, there's more women out on the course than you would think. Mm-hmm. But... Absolutely, there's still many guys that use it as a reprieve from right. home, and it's right. more than just wives. It's work, it's yeah. kids, it's everything else. Have you ever been on like an intramural or like a sports league? Yeah, I uh, play softball as well. Oh, cool! Here in New York City. Do you do you do zog sports? No, we do uh, Y YSA YSL. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So I actually shout out to Zog. Um, I've been playing on a volleyball team. It's actually a We Met at Acme volleyball team. I found everyone through this podcast. It's awesome. It's been so awesome. And Oh, sorry. No, no, no. We've been doing kickball, but now we are going to do volleyball. And we're recruiting for the new team. Shout out if you're listening and want to play. But one of the... So as we're recruiting, I'm telling my boyfriend about this. And he's like, wait, I actually really wanted to do that, but couldn't get you know, friends together. And I was like, oh, you should totally join the team. But then both of us were like, wait a second. And we were like, is that a good idea? You Hmm. know? Um, And so then I did a poll question about it. And I wonder your, your personal opinion, would you be on a, an intramural sports team with your partner? So I will say The pros, for example, my girlfriend happens to be very athletic, Mm -hmm. so she'll kick ass if she's on the team. Right. I think for those individuals that are not as athletic, it's Mm -hmm. probably harder. Right. Um, Having said that, I do think, back to your question about sports in general, Mm -hmm. there is something uh, 
nice about having time apart from your partner that is right. yours. Right. That you can uh, really own yourself. Right. And so if that, if kickball or right. volleyball is that time, um, there's something great about that. Yeah, I agree. And um, I said to him, I, I was like, well, why don't you just play in the games that I can't make? Like, as my <laughs> replacement. Because then we're never playing together, you know, and he still gets to, like, be happy. And what was his response? Let's see, because I just sent it, like, before you got here. He said, I want to play with you. I'll play when someone else inevitably drops out on random weeks. That doesn't make... That's, that's That was my suggestion. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I think I think it's fine. I think I just I personally get really competitive and I'm like, does that side need to be seen necessarily? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I think every, every side, side needs, needs to be seen. seen. We did play Monopoly recently and then that side really came out. I was pissed. <laughs> um We're big into Scrabble. Oh, me too. Do you play words with friends? We used to. Okay. But you like Should we you be like playing each other now? Yes, absolutely. That... And and Stephanie, tell her to play me. Um, okay, so we mentioned Stephanie's gorgeous. Do you think, and I'm not, I'm not saying that she's out of your league by any means, but just about the conversation of being, of women and men being out of each other's leagues, do you think that guys kind of have to feel a little bit like the girl is not necessarily out of their league, but that like, you know, they took a risk with her? In order to be happy with that. With so it's funny timing because yesterday a friend of ours got engaged mm -hmm. and posted the photo of her with the ring and she is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in a group text, one of our friends said, like, congratulations for being in the batting, you know, batting out of my... Out of your uh, league. Right. Out of my league or club as, they say, as I am. Right. And as they say, and I, this is the new term that I learned, punching. Punching above yeah, your weight class. Exactly. Um, and so he said that, like, congratulations, you've joined the club with mm -hmm. us. So I think there's definitely, um, like positivity. the club of, of guys who all are dating Punching above that... their weight class. Wow. And so there's a pride there. Wow. For sure. Um, and so I would say the pride is probably in the same way that if somebody gets a job mm. that there may be a little unqualified for that they're right. the stretch right. goal or a school that they got into right. that they weren't maybe fully qualified for. I think that that's where it's rooted in. Right. Um, but having said that, I don't think that you necessarily need to feel like you've done that in order to have a successful relationship. But do you think that Sometimes when a guy, let, let's say a guy is, is dating someone and he's, you know, happy, but then he leaves her for someone that he thinks is better. It's a very real thing. Like, and, um, yeah, it's funny. I want, I feel like this is like, this is inspiring a slew of poll questions, but it's hard to do it just to one sex. But I wonder like, you know, do... Like, how does a, how does a woman know if, if a guy thinks that they're taking the risk or not with her, you know? I guess it's just a feeling. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. I think you have to define what out of your league is. Right. Because there's often times where different qualities can make up for some that aren't as right. strong. Right. You know, who's to say that... It's not just based on looks then. Right. Yeah. Who's to say that an unbelievable personality and someone that's just such a force to be around mm -hmm. isn't out of someone's league because of that. Right. It's like, how do you define being out of someone's league? Well, so I guess the next question would be, would you rather be some out of someone's league personality-wise or out of their league looks-wise? That's a tough question to answer. Right? Uh, yeah, that's a really tough question. I think the real answer is you probably... I don't know if you'd want to be out of someone's league. Right. I, and and more so like, okay, so there's a couple, let's say, one's got the personality, one's got the looks. Which one do you want to be? Because <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive, exclusive necessarily, you know? It's quite the hypothetical. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. I would say I would rather have the personality. Me too, yeah. 
I also think, you know, looks is a relative term mm -hmm. because attraction is not directly correlated to aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And so someone can be attractive. But not your cup of tea. Correct. Mm -hmm. And conversely, someone can be, um, you know, seen as not as fundamentally beautiful or handsome to society. Right. Um, but have such a an X factor mm -hmm. that makes them quite attractive. I, it's so funny. I used to say, when someone used to ask me my type, I would say they have to have an X factor. Really? Yeah. Because like I couldn't, and I still can't really define my type. Because I've dated all different looking, different look type looking people. And I guess it all boils down to they have to have something about them that sets them apart, you know? And sets them apart from whom? From, from other guys. From everyone. Like, from all of the people that I've met before in my life. You know? Like, I have to meet someone to be like, I've never met anyone like you. I want to keep you. You know? <laughs> I like that. Like, collecting people, almost. So, are you about to move to L.A.? I am, yes. I've lived there uh, before I am what the people call bi-coastal right. at the moment. And how is that in a relationship? Like how can you juggle and like how often will you get to see your partner? As a so everyone always asks uh, when they find out that I live in both Los Angeles and New York, you know, how does, how does Stephanie deal with it? Mm -hmm. How often do you see each other? Do mm -hmm. you miss each other? Um, I think we've cracked the code where we spend a lot of time together when we can. Um, she comes out to LA, mm -hmm. I'll come back to New York pretty often, but she still lives here. And I honestly think it's much more simple than people realize. Right. Communication is just so important, mm -hmm. right? Knowing uh, that you have this constant stream of communication right. with someone, it doesn't matter where you are because you know, even when you're living in the same place, especially most of us in our, you know, mid twenty, mid to late 20s, early 30s, we're working so much. So mm -hmm. we're, we may not even see our partners for more than a few hours a day or a few hours a week. Mm -hmm. And so that's not too dissimilar from being long distance. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. And I think that if you already have that strong base of, of communication, as you said, then you're not really phased by much. Of course. Yeah, which is great. Speaking of being phased by things, this past weekend I saw the play Othello. Have you ever read Othello, the Shakespeare? I have. So a like as a ago. refresher, basically Othello is um, you know, he's married he's married to this woman and yeah, so the, there's Captain Moore. Iago? Is yeah, that Iago, exactly. And so Iago is kind of like the guy who who comes he goes up to the the captain who's married Othello who is a Moorish general that's what it is in the Venetian army right and he basically tells him that his wife is having an affair and he does this because he's jealous and he wants to sabotage their relationship but it really infuriated me because Othello ends up believing this and um you know killing his wife and the person that he was told she was having an affair with which was never happening to begin with and so I was really mad because I was like you know if I'm married and someone tells me someone who's like you know who works for me which isn't like necessarily a close friend um, tells me that my husband is cheating on me I would say no he's not you know I would trust them enough and so right. then I did it as a poll question and I said, if someone said your partner was cheating on you, would you believe them? And it was 73% said yes. And then I guess my question to you is, what would you believe and what would you do? Well, what I find so fascinating is that a theme from, what is it, the 1600s right. is still relevant today. Right. Totally. To totally. me, that's incredible. So true. Um, and it's a testament to human behavior, right? Mm -hmm. We still, even though we have access to technology, to the internet, to social media, we're still people. Mm -hmm. 
And we have those same dynamics of trust and of communication and of partnership that we've had for clearly hundreds of years. Um, when I think about how it pertains to me, at the end of the day, it's about trusting your partner. And I think that I have an open line of communication where mm-hmm. there's nothing that I can f- that I would feel I can't ask her. Right. And I think that's what's most important. So you would ask her? Yeah, of course. But if you trust her, why would you even ask her? Because I think it's important not to have any ambiguity uh, in a relationship. Yeah. I Transparency think I think is that's fair. Important. I think it's fair to ask. I guess it's fair to ask as long as it's not an accusatory ask. Correct. And if they say it's not true, that's it. You just accept them. So I guess the question I should have asked would should have been if somebody tells you your partner cheated on you and they tell you it's not true. Do you believe would them? Would you believe them? Yeah, it's a good question. Personally that, speaking, yeah. I, yeah, personally speaking, I would absolutely believe her. Mm-hmm. And I think she's earned that trust. I have friends that have had similar situations right. where maybe it was a little gray. Mm. Friends saw their partner dancing close to a guy right. or you know, leave a bar right. with a guy. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's especially tough early in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Where there still is that, you, you don't really know what that line is. Right. Do you ask? Do you forget about it? Right. Are you in the right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that situation, again, transparency is as important uh, as anything else. Right. I agree. Do you think that everybody has cheated in their life or, or will cheat in their life at one point? No. For the same reason why not everyone will be in a relationship. Mm. And I think... Which is what? Which is... Which is why? Why won't everyone be in a relationship? Oh, because... I think everybody's different. Right. And there are some people that are autonomous mm-hmm. and would prefer to be alone. Right. Some people never right. find the person they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, there are people out there that are with one person their entire lives and they're perfectly content Mm -hmm. and conversely there are people that will never be content right so i think that in the same way that everyone has if you open up everyone's pantry Mm -hmm. or fridge and everyone's closet you will see a different spread for every single person on the planet yeah that's true we're all very unique i like that so let's talk about before you were in a relationship, if you remember those days. Ah, so long ago. (laughs) So what was your kind of like style with dating? Would you date a few women at once? Would you, you know, were you a one woman guy? So I was, I had met Stephanie right around when the apps became uh, more mainstream mm-hmm. and accepted. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time there was a stigma around Tinder yeah, or Hinge or of course. Um, Bumble, for example. Mm-hmm. And so I think, so I had never actually gotten to experience what dating on an app was like. Right. Um, so for me, it was old school. You'd meet girls in a bar, mm-hmm. through mutual friends, at the library, uh, when you were in school. And so for me, I think for a long time, I kept an open mind, mm-hmm. you know, back to our conversation about having a type, right. I have some loose guidelines, but for the most part, I think, you know, when you know, you know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I think, wait, did you say you have a type? I, I do not or you don't have, a type? have a type. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have some loose guidelines. Okay. Which it, which are what? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if I could even begin to describe. Like, personality wise or looks wise. I would say personality wise, my mm-hmm. type is someone who's independent mm-hmm. and confident without mm-hmm. being overbearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that is creative and smart, yet open to mm-hmm. new ideas. Mm-hmm. Looks wise. Honestly, I, I 
all the cliches are true. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be attracted mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's all relative. It, it's also relative to the time in your life. I think my type 20, 10 years ago versus right. now is different. How Definitely. about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have a type because we were talking about before, it's like more just like the X factor, you know? But um, definitely have to be attracted to them. I think that, you know, it's one thing to make sacrifices for, you know, other things, but I think when you're not attracted to them, it just, shit can go really badly down the line, you know? Um, And sometimes that attraction grows, which is amazing, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, which is shitty and it's so funny because you can be like you know the most attractive person ever but if you're you know super dumb or really bitchy it's just immediately over of course you know you bring up a good point that you shouldn't force it mm-hmm. right I think that's been such a challenge mm-hmm. for friends of mine dating in New York is right. that you want to you know she's great on paper right. checks all the boxes right. has a great job and a great family right. but there's something there that's preventing Mm -hmm. this person from being the one you should be with. Mm -hmm. And I think that many people, because of the volume of people you get to see every day being in a large city, because Mm -hmm. of the amount of time you spend socially out with friends, with colleagues. People can get away with it almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you guys about my favorite new bra and underwear company that I have found. I mean, this brand is just incredible. I've needed a new bra for so long, but I just don't wanna go in and get measured. It's like a whole thing, you know, like who needs that aggravation? So I went to thirdlove.com, like third as in one, the third person. Um, And it's just so great. I can't even tell you, they have every single size. They go so large, so small, so wide, so narrow. They accommodate every type of woman. um, And you don't have to sit in the fitting room. You don't have anyone touching you. They have a quiz that makes it so obvious to the website what your type of bra is, what your size is. So they can then find that exact bra, exact size. They can tell you when they are new ones. Um, And, you know, because they're doing this, you should definitely check it out. They're doing everything they can to make the experience amazing for you, and they're really killing it. Like, I'm wearing my third love bra right now, and I just feel so supported, and I honestly, I I pretty much don't take it off. You know, even more reason why we should get a new one. Um, Really, I just want to help you guys out, so if you go to thirdlove.com slash acme, you're going to get 15% off your first purchase. So they're already very reasonably priced as opposed to the rip-off bras that we're seeing, you know, at Victoria's Secret and those bullshit stores. This place actually cares about you. It's not just, you know, for every woman. It's for you specifically. And so go to thirdlove.com slash Acme. You'll get 15% off your first order. And um, I hope you like it. Tell me what you think. What do you think about this kind of situation which happens all the time with single people who are dating is like you know you'll meet someone whether it's on an app or in person you'll be messaging um and then it kind of just stops but you have an upcoming plan like a tentative plan to see each other but you're not talking Hmm. what do you do in that situation like do you still like who reaches out you know do you think that's on the guy well, or would you just give me an example. Not interested? So this, so this girl and guy met and they've been talking and they have tentative plans to hang out, let's say tomorrow night, but for three days he hasn't gotten in touch with her. Um, would you say the date is off? I think it's fair for her to text him and say, Hey, are we still on for tonight? Or you wouldn't see be annoyed tonight? by that? No, I think that the concept of playing the game Mm -hmm. is probably a bit antiquated now Mm -hmm. because we're so available. Mm -hmm. There's internet on flights now. So there's really no excuse. Everyone's glued to their phone, right? There's no excuse to um, not communicate to someone. At the same time, what that also 
the challenge there to play devil's advocate is mm-hmm. that, you know, for example, I will go hours and hours and hours without responding to texts when I'm at work or I'm busy, whatever right. it is. And so people have this assumption that if somebody doesn't respond, it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's the challenge there is did yeah. this guy you know i don't think people right. are really playing games as much right. anymore right it's I like hope you, not. you almost have to think of it as your friends like your good friends who you genuinely have a great trusting relationship with if they're not responding to you for a few hours that's fine right you know because they love you and like they will get to you it's the same thing i feel like with relationships like well, you bring up such a good point, which is that you should treat your partner yeah. the way you treat a friend. Oh, I totally... I mean, I try to do that so much. And also, not to be so cheesy, but because your partner, like, should be your friend, you know? I have no qualms in saying right. that Stephanie is my best friend. Right. Like, that's... I mean, and, and like, trust me, I'm not saying to make your caption, I married my best friend, if, if <laughs> you know, your partner and you ever get married, to anyone listening. Please don't. But... You should know that you're doing that, you know? To me, that's a given. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a partnership is. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are certain situations which come up um, almost like, not like from like, you know, spirit, like, like God or anything, but like spiritually, like, do you think that there are testing situations in relationships? Like, for example, if you guys get a flat tire together or, you know, if you have a series of unfortunate events on a vacation... It's an interesting, it's a curious question because I think that life gives you precarious situations. Mm. And it's easy to be with someone or act a certain way when everything's going well. Right, of course. And so the true test of your own self-confidence and of your own mind Mm -hmm. uh, and your relationship is when things aren't going so well. And that could be personal it could be with your relationship, it could be with work, it could be mm-hmm. with your family. So I think absolutely, if you're looking for a partner in life, that comes with the good and the bad. Right. And so those trying times should be a test. Right. And what if in those trying times you kind of see a side that you don't like? I think that you need to think about the positive and the negative Mm -hmm. and you weigh them Mm -hmm. and the volume of it right Mm -hmm. if you are always happy with this person and then every now and then there's something negative that happens right it's pretty easy to weigh right but and i could be generalizing but i feel like men don't think that men think like oh my god one thing i'm done are you familiar with the availability bias? No, what is that? Uh, I may be butchering this, but okay, basically the concept that people tend to associate generalizations with the most available um, information. And so, uh, for example, if 99% of the time your partner is fantastic and then you're in that one situation mm-hmm. where he or she is just disappointing you right in that moment of time all you can think about is that one disappointing moment right and so you now start to associate that person with that disappointment wow i've never heard of this but it's really true it reminds me of confirmation bias which which is what people say when they talk shit about zodiacs (laughs) um and just so people know listening confirmation bias is when you think something's true and so you look for anything that will confirm it right um This is really interesting because I feel like it also has to do with, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with attachment theories. I'm familiar from your podcast. Yeah, but with avoidant people, it seems like they would definitely use the availability bias. To justify. To justify that person not taking away their autonomy. Absolutely. Totally. Um. Usually the, the um, example of the availability bias is shark attacks. 
Mm-hmm. So like people are less scared of car accidents right. because they're always available to us, right? So we see right. them all the time. Right. We hear about them. And shark attacks are so rare right. that there's this stigma around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say the same thing happens with relationships. Totally. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we haven't like at all talked about sex and as a listener, you know that that is going to have to come up. (laughs) So since we are nearing the end, um, you know, what do you think is like a healthy sex life for someone in a three year relationship? And is it, is there one or, you know, is it just the fact that you're still having sex, which, which would be great for some people, you know? So I would say that a healthy sex life for a three year relationship should be effectively the same healthy sex life of a, of a one-year relationship right. or a six-month relationship. I think that um, understanding your partner and your partner's needs, desires, etc., but mm-hmm. also um, just being available and open to the interpretation of what a sex life is. Right. Um, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying Mm -hmm. that, you know, I look at my partner uh, and our sex life the same way that I did when we first started dating. Right. That's great. I like that. And do you ever... Okay, so in terms of sex and, like, you know, kinkiness and, like, what people are really into, I've been getting a lot of reach-outs recently about, you know, when do you tell your partner the kinky shit you're into? I assume three years in, they know, right? Um, or do you think that there are still certain things that you kind of keep to yourself that maybe you only like in the porn you watch or whatever it might be? Sure, it's a good question. You know, I think back to this recurring theme of transparency, mm-hmm. that's probably been the most successful factor in my relationship. Yeah. Stephanie is so honest that it encourages me to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so very early on in our relationship, she was honest about what she enjoys, what she doesn't like. And I think that it allowed me to do the same. Mm -hmm. I think that with friends, especially early in relationships, there's this wall you put up both emotionally and physically. Um, And I don't necessarily know if that's necessary anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we are fortunate enough in a time of radical transparency where everything's available to people. And so the stigma of a sexual fantasy really shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. It should be normal. It almost should be weird if you don't have a sexual fantasy. Right. Yeah. To me, it's, it's a huge part of your life. Right. right? Um, And just because society has deemed it, important for you to keep your sex life private Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it should be hidden from those you care about right especially i mean it can be private but with your partner i feel like it has to be in everything has to kind of be in the open of course and you know that isn't to say that like you know if you like illegal porn like fucking (laughs) you like like a uh what's it called when when the guy's like really old um Oh, I, I don't know, but it yeah, sounds... Yeah, like a statutory rapey type porn. Terrible. That kind of stuff you're not going to really emulate with your partner. Do you need to tell them that you're into it? No. Um, but, you know, if you have something that you think could benefit both of you in the bedroom, like, definitely share that, I feel like, right? Yeah, again, I think that if your sexual fantasy involves your partner, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you shouldn't be open about it. Right. Um, and I think that... You know, I spent I spent a lot of time in Japan, mm-hmm. and they have this concept of the two faces, mm-hmm. where everyone has a public face and a private face. Mm. And so, we have a similar concept here in the U.S., of course, yeah. but it, it's much more structured there, where the public face is how you act around your colleagues right. and around strangers, right. and then your private face, uh, it's your ability to quote-unquote, let loose and be yourself, right? I I really like that, actually. And I think that we have less and less of that. At least I have less. I feel like my public face and my private face are too similar. And it's almost nice to have this, like, private face that nobody sees except for your partner. Sure. You know? Yeah, it allows you to be more intimate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like my partner like has Should go to Japan. One. Yeah, I'm going to go to Japan. How about that? So we usually end our episodes with a quote or a piece of advice that you can share with our listeners that will help them in the dating world or will just, you know, make us think and reflect. So what is something that you can tell us? Sure. So um, one of my favorite quotes that I use um, probably too often is uh, from Thomas Edison. He said, I've never failed. I've only figured out a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Mm. And to me, I equate that to dating where uh, a poor relationship or one that does not end up becoming, quote unquote, the one. Right. It's like that process when you're taking a test. What's it called? Uh, process of elimination. Process of elimination. Exactly. <laughs> What's that process when you eliminate things? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you're learning with every relationship. Right. And I truly believe, you know, we talk a lot about how I'm currently in a very happy and stable relationship right. and it's because of my experience it's, it's yeah. for 10 years right. dating right. you know to know who That's i good. am and, yeah. and what i want totally so i guess that also goes back to knowing yourself as well which absolutely is really important. that's so much more important yeah. you have to know yourself it sounds so cliche but it's true i mean people who and i see it with friends mm-hmm. Those that are self-conscious or mm-hmm. haven't figured their lives out yet, right. and that's okay. Me too. Me too. But those that do it, they it's so hard for them to have a healthy relationship. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Or yeah, or like they just put it all into into work in order to not. Yeah, they channel it. Right? Yeah, and right. so it's tough because we tend to compartmentalize these things Mm -hmm. into work versus friendship versus relationship they're three very different things in our Mm -hmm. minds but it's all part of our same life and so if you separate it too much you're going to find that you don't mature in consistently across all of them right i agree i love that well thank you so much josh thank you And um, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and, and buy Buck Mason. Yeah, uh, sure. So you can find me at, at Josh Kaplan on Instagram. With a K, like a Kardashian. Yes, uh, essentially exactly like a Kardashian. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm actually pretty lucky to have received that handle knowing that there's thousands and thousands yeah, of say, Josh Kaplan's. you're very lucky. I know two others. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of the Jewish John Smith, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, anyway, so yeah, at Josh Kaplan, Buck Mason, more importantly, is at Buck Mason uh, and BuckMason.com. I've tried one of the shirts. Josh gave me one last time we met and it was so soft and great. I loved it. I was just going to ask, how's yeah. it uh, been treating you? I took you? a bunch of selfies in it, um, which <laughs> I still have. Um, it, it was so great. It's so great. I Actually, it's in the wash right now because that's how often I wear it. And um, it's and people, so many people like DM'd me after I posted it and they were like, oh my God, I've been seeing this on my Instagram. Should I check it out? Or they were like, I love these shirts. Or they were like, my boyfriend's obsessed with this brand. I so. will say the word that keeps coming up mm-hmm. is obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah. We're just, having I a good time. The, the minimalism of it all. Yeah. So thank you again. And everyone who's listening, write us a review at We Met at Acme. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our poll questions. Come to our next live event, which is September 12th at Furla Flagship Store on Fifth Avenue in the city. We have only 20 or so spots left. So email wemetatacme.events at gmail.com to RSVP now. And thank you again, Josh. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks again for listening. And back one more time to remind you that ritual vitamins are the future. They're what you need if you are a woman. You are already not getting enough essential nutrients and vitamins in your daily life to begin with. You need need to get involved with Ritual. I've been taking these vitamins for two months now. Everything just feels better. I just know, I feel it in my veins. Like I know I'm doing what's right for my body. I'm getting enough nutrients and I'm only spending $30 a month. 
basically avoiding going to the doctor. I mean, I'm not supposed to say that, but it's the truth. I've been, knock on wood, I haven't been sick since I've been taking ritual. So I'm really happy. I mean, I'm not saying it cures sickness, but I haven't been sick, you know? I have all the nutrients I need, so why would I get sick? And you won't either because you'll be getting your nutrients. Go to ritual.com slash acme now and please DM me if you have any questions. Ritual.com slash acme. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.